Hi, Matt McDonough. You know, there are times when you're out there looking for the most perfect podcast for you. And I'm here to let you know that you don't have to look anymore. There's a special podcast network out there called the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. They've got everything you could possibly ever look for in a podcast. Everything. So, if you're looking for something to fill your ear holes, or just something nice to listen to, head on over to tangentboundnetwork.com. Click on the channels link, and go ahead, listen to your heart's content. Here at Tangent Bound Network, we'll leave the mics on for you. Hi, this is Erica Schultz. And Claire Connolly. And you're listening Listening to to Adrian Adrian Has Has Issues. Hey gang, welcome to Adrian Has Issues. I'm Adrian. Way back, I recorded an episode entitled From Gatorade to Murder. In said episode, two very good friends of mine, Ashley Berge and Erica Ritter, joined me in a wacky discussion of hockey, concert mishaps, and Power Rangers actors who've dropped a body or two. Today's episode can be considered something of a sequel to that. Ashley makes her second appearance on a podcast, but if you've listened to previous episodes of my show, you know how hilariously random things can get. We originally planned to talk about a variety of topics within the NHL, but somehow, uh, thanks largely to a steady diet of PBR and cherry-flavored spray candy, we ended up down a rabbit hole that led us to basically riffing on bands that have performed for the Honda Civic Tour. With that said, we get pretty geeky over music, especially the pop-punk emo scene of the early to mid-2000s, so you'll hear us talk about bands like Motion City Soundtrack, The Matches... Uh, Coyden Cambria and more. There's some really funny bits in this episode I really enjoyed, including my dressing down of the Christian punk scene, and I actually break up the song at one point. I don't get to randomly break out in song on this podcast as much as I did in the previous show, so I never really pass up an opportunity to make a total ass of myself if I can. Thanks again to Ashley for being a great guest and an even better friend. She's one of my favorite people, and she's been a long-time supporter of this podcast since, well, way back when, when we were still aging and Atlas have issues. Before we head into the show, I just want to thank each and every one of you for continuing to support Agent Has Issues. You guys pretty much make the show a total blast to do every week, and just throwing it out there to you lovely people. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave a rating and review. Those things may seem minor and inconsequential to some, but the podcasters, that helps so much as it helps the show reach potential new listeners. Word of mouth is still super important to getting shows noticed, so every little bit helps. So thank you so much. Now sit back and enjoy episode 48 of Adrian Has Issues, already in progress. How are you guys behind the Panthers? Um, The Panthers are doing the damn thing this season. It's very strange. What happened? Were there trades involved? Because weren't they garbage last year? They weren't garbage completely. They had a rough start last year. And this year, they were pretty decent out of the gate and have been decent this entire time. I don't know. The Atlantic division is weird. God damn. I'm just looking at the standings now. It's like, okay, we got, obviously, at the top, we got the Panthers. 
than the lightning, so go you. Yay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Sorry, that was enthusiastic. <laughs> go blue teams, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know me. <laughs> well, all right, let's see. Well, I'll ignore that. Get to your dental list. Um, Bruins, which, eh. No one cares about the Bruins. Um, the tiny ambulances, the Red Wings, Senators, who I forgot were even a team still. Yeah, I'm sorry. The bottom of this list, like, wow, your division's filled with a lot of teams that I almost forgot about. Yep. With the exception of, like, the Lightning and maybe, like, the Canadians, only because, you know, you need someone to root against. Right? Well, and Montreal has turned into this really enjoyable dumpster to watch. <laughs> <laughs> At least for me, who's kind of hateful. Um... Kind uh, of? Okay, fine. I'm really fucking hateful. It's a whole thing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, like, why do you think we're friends? You know, this this isn't this shouldn't be surprising to me at all. <laughs> no, since Carey Price has been broken, they've just been a mess. And I mean, I'm sure there there are other things going into that as to like why they are terrible. But they started out really well and have just been kind of free falling as of late. Like this division's kind of kind of depressing. All right, let's hop over to the Metropolitan. Boop, 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 boop. All right, let's see. We got Capitals who are at the top, and I don't know. You know, is it me or the Capitals just a boring team to watch? In past seasons, I would agree with you. This season, for some odd reason, I've watched a few more games of theirs, and they've been kind of fun. Like, am I a Capitals fan? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. But eh. And of course, the, the Rangers, which ugh, pass. I'm just going to completely pass. I don't even have anything to say that won't like get me like banned from podcasting altogether. Right. Islanders, eh, you know, they're, they're doing all right. I'm not mad at them. I don't hate them, which <laughs> I think this is kind of what started. Every time we talk about the Islanders, you can't help but mention that fucking car. <laughs> so, all right. You have to tell the story, I guess, from the beginning, because I feel like you set up the story far better than I do. Okay. The legend of the Cinderace SUV. <laughs> you had tweeted me a couple of days ago about this crazy dream that you had about the Prudential Center and how there was all this weird shit going on. Right. Like there were signs for like Cleveland everywhere. Oh, that's right. It was the dream. Okay. I do remember now. All right. It's starting to come back to me like Celine Dion style here. So I don't know what it was. I don't know if I just drank too much or if I was just sleep deprived, which is usually what happens. But I had this dream where the Prudential Center apparently, I don't know if they lost funding or they remodeled, but it was kind of like the poor man's hockey rink where instead of having overall like benches and like you know these three floors it was like maybe two floors and all the seats were replaced with like hotel like conference room chairs oh that's weird i don't know what it was and it was just very odd and for some reason all like the advertisements and signs everything kept saying cleveland or ohio and i was just like oh god and then i started to freak out Eugene, because i'm like don't tell me i'm having some weird premonition that like the devil is going to be moving to like ohio when they're all of a sudden, like, they're going to get rid of the blue jackets and they're just going to become, like, I don't know, the Columbus Devils or something. And that's actually what made the dream very funny, because as I'm freaking out, I do realize, like, much like at uh, Barclays in Brooklyn, there's a fucking car <laughs> parked. <laughs> All right. OK, if anyone doesn't know, for some fucking reason, at Barclays in Brooklyn, I guess where the Islanders play now, there's a SCV that's... <laughs> That that's parked on. Yeah, like, what was this? I think it's in Thrace. 
I don't know what it is about this thing, but it's kind of become a running gag between Ashley and I, and I know there's been a few memes online about the car. <laughs> so in this dream of mine where I'm in this weird New Jersey, Ohio hybrid arena, there's a car just sitting there, and I'm just like, huh. So then I ended up texting you like not too long afterwards and it's like, okay, what we should do is think about other arenas or other like, you know, home teams. And like, if they had a car parked at Synthrice in their arenas, like what car would they be? And I started to think about it and I just, I, I felt really bad because like, wow, there's so many terrible teams and so many terrible cars. But it could be fun. I mean, you could paint them. I don't know. Like the, um, what the fuck concert tour was that? It was like the Honda Fit Tours, some shit where they like they would let a band like design a paint job or a car, and at the end of the tour, like they'd give it away. Like they could do that. Is that like the Honda Civic Tour? Was that it? Yes, the Honda Civic Tour. Thank you. Which is so weird. It's like the Honda Civic. Like they couldn't find another car to do that for. Well, I mean, they didn't want to give anything out that was too expensive. Come on now. Right, but I just like the Honda Civic Tour. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> this very, um, Which, you know. For years, like the Honda Civic Tour was like cool, like pop punk bands. Towards the end, like it got really weird where it was like Fallout Boy and Drake or some shit. I don't even know. Hold on, I'm actually going to look this up now. All right, let's see. So Honda Civic Tour 2016. Okay, let's go to the website. Let's see who's playing this year. Oh, wait, there's a history. There you go. Oh, God. One Direction, I think, is doing the most recent one. Ass. Pop, rock, punk, dance, 68 artists, 14 amazing years, always keeping it live. Okay, Honda Civic Tour started out as an annual summer concert in 2001 with headliner Blink-182. Yay! Yeah, see? Yeah, 2001 was, like, synonymous with Blink-182, so, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Exactly. All right, so let's see. Here's some of the list of bands that have played the Honda Civic Tour over the years. Maroon 5? Mm. Mm, they're not bad. I'll, I'll give them that. I do get saying they just have terrible songs. Yeah, I think that's really what it comes down to. He's an amazing vocalist. It's just like, eh. Black Eyed Peas? I'll take or leave them. I'm good. Blink-182? Fall Out Boy? Linkin Park? I don't know. Who the hell is American Authors? These introspective Brooklyn-based indie rockers met in Boston, Massachusetts while attending college. Oh, yeah. <laughs> punk rock. <laughs> See, okay, if you're going to name yourself American Authors, what they should be is, like, a band where they each take on a persona of, like, an American author. Like, there's one dude who, like, plays slap bass and he, like, dresses like Mark Twain. Oh, my God, that would be amazing. And they've got, like, this one, like, the one chick, like, she's the drummer. She's, like, this punk rock Judy Bloom, and just... <laughs> I don't know why in my head, like, their shows start off like super you know pristine and together and by the end it's just like american author celebrity death match <laughs> okay so it's like they're a band plus like what like performance art kind of thing yeah obviously all right i, I can buy that all right let's see we got paramore ah, i've fallen off of them but i dug them my That's chemical fair. romance really when did that happen um 2011 apparently wow they were. I thought they broke up by 2011. I forget. 2013. Group Love, whom I think I only like maybe two songs from them. Yeah. Ooh, Portugal the Man did Honda Civic Tour. 2014. That would make sense. Panic at the Disco, because what else are they doing? That was the Honda Civic Tour that I went to because we only went to one. It was Panic at the Disco, 
and Motion City soundtrack with some band that's not on this list. Oh, the Hush Sound. I'd probably go to that show, especially for Motion City soundtrack. Yeah. It was amazing. Let's see. Incubus, 2002 and 2012. Good Charlotte, <laughs> Newfound Glory, Dashboard Confessional. Oh, boy. Everclear. <laughs> and I shouldn't laugh because I love Newfound Glory and they're still at it. But like Dashboard, I'm like... I'm sorry, Honda Civic Tours are usually like, you know, party bands. And I'm like, I can't see Dashboard at Honda Civic Tour. I was like, okay, whoever wins this car is going to cry in it. Three Ball, wait, what? Three Ball Mighty? <laughs> that's that's how you say that, right? Is it? Hold on. Latin Trio from Monterey, Mexico combines Mexican cumbia with cutting edge electronic music. The name Three Ball comes from the Spanish word tribal, which refers to the group of Guaracha tribal music popular mini. I, I gave up. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't mean to sound rude, but I just gave that. There was just too much going on with that. Like, I'm sorry, but that whole description was I don't care how you came up with the name. What do you play? Kelly Clarkson, Neon Trees. Ooh, Matt and Kim. I was actually just listening to them before I plugged in. Oh, nice. Uh, Mute Math, who is a band that seems to pop up a lot, but I keep forgetting they're a thing. Because every time I'm like listening to something, it's like, oh, who's this band? It turns out it's Mute Math. That's a pretty good description of Mute Math, at least in my world. I never know what they play, but yet every time like one of the songs are on, I'm like, oh, is that them? Oh, I'll have to check them out. And I never do. Eh, it's pretty middle of the road. Okay, so it's kind of like, was it like department store rock kind of thing? Yeah. They're one of those bands that like, I feel like... They work really well on like mix CDs or playlists, but like to listen to a whole album of that would make me want to put a bullet in my brain. <laughs> Lately, I've become a huge fan of like the playlist band because I'm like, you know what? Not everything needs to be listened to all in one shot. Right. Manchester Orchestra, who are amazing live. I didn't think I'd enjoy them as much as I did live. They're one that I've never seen live and would really enjoy it. You really would. One of my best friends, like, she's really huge into them, so we went to go see them in New York, and, I mean, I knew I'd enjoy myself, but yet, like, they were just really intense, and, like, going back and listening to the recordings definitely kind of lost something. That's one of those things that killed me moving from St. Louis down here. I miss out on so many good shows, it seems like, because, I mean, you have to cross to the center of the country. You don't have to go to Florida. Yeah, but you guys get the fest, though. I mean, out in, I think, I'm not sure it was, I think it's Gainesville? I'm not sure if you're anywhere near there. That's a couple hours from me. Okay. I mean, I would do it if it was worth it. I don't know. I personally think it's worth it, but granted, you're closer than I am. I would have to, like, <laughs> fly out there. Tegan and Sarah, whom I do love. I don't know. Echo Smith? They're not bad. Um, Who, Tegan and Sarah? No. I mean, I love Tegan and Sarah, but Echo Smith, think Paramore, but poppier and a little bit more emo, question mark? Hmm. She's got a good voice. Just some of these songs, I'm like, I feel like Christina Aguilera wrote this. All right, Plus 44, which, you know, just kind of like Blink Minus Tom, which is always a good thing. I saw Plus 44. The matches opened for them, which was mainly the reason we went. It wasn't a very good show, which was very disappointing. Really? Yeah, we were kind of bored. Was it just low energy? They were off key? Like, what was the deal? They seemed like they didn't really want to be there. Like, they were kind of over it. And I think it was towards the end of the tour, which makes sense. Yeah, but I hate it when that happens, and I get it. Yeah, totally. Because, you know, you're a band, you're touring for a while, and I'd imagine there's this point where, you know, you start to get a little sluggish. But the only problem is, once you start showing signs of wear, the crowd will never forgive people for that. Exactly. Cobra Starship. That's a band I haven't thought of in about 10 years. I 
This was 2007. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was obsessed with their second album, which Patrick Stump produced, and it's embarrassingly catchy. But I haven't listened to much of their stuff since then. Wow, Phantom Planet. Uh, that had to have been like early 2000s, like 2002. Yep. Wait, they played 2002, 2005, and 2008. They put out a new album around 2008, I believe, which wasn't bad. They're one of those bands that continues to put out music, despite the fact that kind of, this sounds mean, but despite the fact that no one cares. And some of it's not awful. I only know like that one album that California was on because, I mean... Because sure. everyone knows that album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For such an indie snob, I do listen to some aggressively popular music, and I hate it sometimes. <laughs> PJ Morton. Oh, one of the key- oh, there's more than one keyboard player in Maroon Five. That seems excessive. You may know PJ as. <laughs> they're like they're kind of like the Slipknot of pop now. <laughs> There's just, just a bunch of guys, and you're not even sure if their instruments are plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's just like a bunch of guys, you know, one of those play guitar, one's on drums, even though it's a beat track. One guy's like on a rotating keyboard that's on fire for some reason. <laughs> oh, boy. It's like, you may know PJ as one of the keyboard players in a pop rock band, Maroon 5, but he is currently signed as a solo artist to a major label and working to make a name of his own. Cool story, bro. Man. <laughs> The format. Wait, who's the format? Oh, he's still my heart. I love the format. Which one's the format? That's Nate Bruce's first band. Really? His first band, but yeah, super, super good. Oh my gosh. Then wait, what's the one I'm thinking of that was signed to Victory? Oh, that's the forecast. That's why I don't know who that is. Okay. Different things. <laughs> Hot Rod Circuit, whom I love. But um, Andy Jackson, I didn't realize like falls like um his wife, I think it's his wife, like follows my girlfriend on Instagram, like they're day chat all the time, and she's like, oh yeah, so um so and so from that like from Instagram, like her husband's in the band, um maybe you heard him Hot Rod Circuit, like wait, you know people from Hot Rod Circuit? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, wait, how do you not know this is a thing for me? <laughs> Can we be friends, please? <laughs> Right? Um, he has a really cool podcast of his own. I forget the name of it. Um, it's it's pretty amusing. Like lately I've been stumbling across a lot of podcasts started by like pop punk band members. Andy Jackson has one, um Matt Pryor, you know, from Get Up Kids oh, has one. I would listen to the hell out of that. Oh shit, what is it called? I, I think it's actually like a reference to a Get Up Kids song, which of course is totally classic prior. MXPX, whom I, I still have a soft spot for them. I can't help it. They toured with gym class heroes and that was how i saw them it was a very strange crowd what do you mean <laughs> it was like 2007 2008 ish and you could definitely tell who was there for what band it was just a very weird surreal sort of scene it's just very odd because i know mxpx and i get it because i guess my carrera is kind of christian but i guess over the years like depending on who's talking about them I've never considered them to be a Christian punk band. It's not like they're like Relying K, but... Oh, God. Shut up. I actually still like a lot of songs from Relying K. <laughs> like, I kid you not, like, I still know all the words. So, like, what was that one song? Like, the Chapstick and things like Chemistry, whatever that one was? 
Reliant K played a show in St. Louis and a band that's from St. Louis who's very popular there, Ludo, opened for them. And I love the hell out of Ludo. And pretty much every time I've had the chance to see them, we go. So we went and paid too much money because of Reliant K to see Ludo play. And then we left. <laughs> I made like half Reliant K song and I'm like, I can't do this, you guys. We got to go. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. Um, if you don't want me asking, do you remember how much was too much money? Um, back then it was like thirty five, forty dollars. What for Reliant K? Yeah. How? Wait, I know they were kind of a thing for a little bit of a time, but how were they ever able to command that high a price point? They played it at one of the nice, the nicerish clubs in St. Louis. Still, it's Reliant K. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, wow. They charged it, and I, like an idiot, paid it, and I wasn't the only one, because it was pretty full in there. But I can't complain. Gin Blossoms was playing down the road uh, for me, like, on, I think on the 12th, and I balked at the fact that, like, tickets were, like, 27, and that was, like, before fees, and I'm like, oh, I'm not spending all that, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> I've sort of become the opposite with age, where I'm like, it used to be that, you know, $25 for a concert ticket was too much money, but, I mean, I paid... I think like 70 bucks to see Radiohead last time I saw Radiohead and like didn't bat an eye about it because it's Radiohead. I can't be mad at Radiohead. I did see them live. Um, I think that was at the Prudential and that was a great show. I'm not going to, but you know, with them, it's, it's an experience though. Yeah. Motion City soundtrack. Um, did the new album come out yet? Um, yes, it is adequate. Oh, that's a shame because I was so disappointed with Go. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of Go. This album is better than Go, but it's still not my favorite. Like, I don't know. Like, does he need to start drinking again? And I hate to say that, but like, what's going on? Like, okay, let's go back. My favorite album has to be, uh, of course, uh, Commit This to Memory. Right. Oh, so damn good. But even even if It Kills Me was like, okay, maybe not as good, but it's still a fun album. Then what was the one that came after that? My Dinosaur Life. Oh, that one was fantastic. Yes. See, I'm one of, like, five weirdos who, even if it kills me, is my favorite. I'm not sure why. I can't explain it to you. It just is. I love that album so much. Well, that makes sense, though, because me, I always love when bands get really depressing and confessional. So I was all about Commitments to Memory. I'm like, wait a minute. Stop being fun again. Stop using all these keyboards. <laughs> Stop using all these pop melodies. Be sad again, damn it. And then I got my wish because then Go came out and I'm like, what the fuck is this? See, I think even if it kills me, the best part about that album is that if you listen to the lyrics, the lyrics are still depressing as fuck. Like the music and the melodies and shit are so poppy. So you get a little bit of both. That juxtaposition is nice. Yeah, I don't know. I, tr I tried to go back to Go and maybe one of these days I'll get older and I'll be like in like 45 and you're like, well, every time I listen to Go, I don't know why I'm so grizzled at 45. Yeah. Maybe I just smoke too much. I don't know. But it's like, all right. And then it'll be like the soundtrack to my life. I'll be like, ah, oh, wayward youth. I feel like with Go and I feel even with this new album, it's not so much that it's bad. It's that I don't have my shit together enough for it yet. <laughs> Wait, what is that supposed to mean? Like, wait, are we supposed to have, like, homes, like, children at this point to enjoy their music now? I don't know. It just seems like he is, like, happy and stable and with it. And I am still all flaily and, and depressing and shit. I don't think I have my life together enough for it. I think he's beating me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize you were, like, having this battle with, like, the dude from Ocean City Soundtrack over whose life was more together. Yeah, I was winning for a really long time, and then all of a sudden, he came out of nowhere. 
<laughs> you're like basically by like 2005, you know, 2007. You're just kind of like, all right, he's drinking, he's recovering. He'll he'll, he'll slip any moment. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Last stretch, last stretch. It's like, oh crap, he's clean and he's having the best time of his life. Oh, fuck. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's so terrible <laughs> oh shit but um i don't know i have to stick with bands like that where you know uh, when especially when their early material is very much about the fact that their lives aren't together and then when they do and you try not to but then it's like i don't know is it me or does the music always seem to suffer for it i mean you're not wrong <laughs> That's one of those things that, that, like, you feel bad that they're doing well because you want good music, but at the same time, like, you don't want them to, like, Elliot Smith themselves. Wow, I mean, that's <laughs> kind of the extreme. Well, first off, how would you even record that? Like, well, I got murdered yesterday. Like, how are you recording the song if you're dead? <laughs> I think about, um, even, like, let's say, like, the most recent Cody and Cambria album, which, I mean, I know still some stuff kind of had went on. But yet, for the most part, you know, Claudio Sanchez is doing pretty well. You know, right. obviously he's got a kid now. But yet, the music is still kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not necessarily like, you know, the most raucous, you know, face-ripping metal album that No World for Tomorrow was. But yet, I don't know. It's just this thing like, okay, your life's together, but does your music have to be boring? This is probably like the worst I've sounded on a <laughs> podcast. Like, I just like, I hate it when bands are happy. <laughs> I think that there's a balance. I feel like there are some people that can pull that off, like happiness, having their shit together, but still being able to produce music that isn't the happiest, most joyous thing in the world. I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example and coming up short. Yeah, I know there's tons of them, but for some reason I can't come up with them. All right, let's see. Head Automatica, I'm skipping because, well, ugh, I love Glass Drop, but I can't with Head Automatica. I'm right there with you. We're cool. Hush Sound, I don't even know who the hell they are. Hoobastank, which, not gonna lie, I was a big Hoobastank fan when that first album came out. That was it with them. Like, I did the first album, I liked it a lot, and after that, I'm like, you know what, I'm good. Yeah, and I think at the time, what came out? Oh, it was um, Incubus, uh, was it Morning View? Yes. And especially after Make Yourself, I'm like, this next album is gonna be, like, crazy. It's gonna be even more raw and... You know, then it's like, this is all kind of boring to me. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, Hoobastank's good. And the guy kind of sounds like the dude from Incubus. So I would just listen to that album, assuming that was going to be like the next Incubus. And then like the reason came out and I'm like, I hate this song. Um, What's the station by a Z100? It's like the top 40 station. Uh-huh. Every time the do, 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 <laughs> until those guitar notes come, I'm like, frick this song, frick this song. <laughs> Not a perfect person. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I'm actually going to sing this song and get all like teary eyed. Like, Come on, children, sing it with me. <laughs> the Donnas, whom I miss so much. Are they not a thing anymore? I think they're together, but their drummer, uh, Tori, she had really bad tendonitis and like she can't play the drums anymore. Oof. And she was my favorite part of that group, other than um, their lead singer. Sound 41, who I guess I could start liking again now that Dave is back. Less than Jake, Stretch Armstrong, Say Anything, Alkaline Trio, the Ataris. Holy shit, the Ataris. Ryan, a mutual friend of ours, is, well, was obsessed with the Ataris and has seen them a zillion and one times. And I guess the Ataris aren't really the Ataris anymore. They've, like, basically phased out all of the band members except for that lead singer guy whose name I can't remember. Oh, are they the ones that had to fight, like, on stage? Yeah, like, he, I guess the the main guy is kind of like a shell of his former self. Like, he tours, like, shitty, like, bar scenes and stuff, and it's just kind of depressing. I just remember seeing a video where, like, they're playing, 
And was that them where I don't know if the drummer was off, but like he throws his guitar at the drummer? Was that them or am I thinking of somebody else? That could be them. That sounds like it might be right. Hold on. I know we were still talking hockey, but now I'm just really into this whole <laughs> guitar throwing thing. Who the fuck is Roxy Crane? Oh, and Paul Wall performing Hot on the Civic Tour if you're. Let me see your grill. <laughs> that giggle was the perfect response to the name Paul Wall ever. That's like. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, damn it, Ford. <laughs> Let's see. Atari's. Here we go. Oh, Guitar Attacks Drummer. That was them? I thought I made that up. I honestly did. Oh, let's see. TMZ. The Atari's X Drummer. I'm not a drunk, but I did suck. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, I can appreciate the self-awareness there. That's fair. Yeah, but how bad do you have to suck to get a guitar thrown at you? The Atari's ex-drummer Rob Felicetti, who got attacked, all caps, on stage by his lead singer last weekend, is flatly denying he has a drinking problem, telling TMZ the singer's drum-smashing outburst was completely unjustified. No surprise, Rob says he's officially quitting the band after singer Chris Rowe, okay, that's his name, Chris Rowe, um, crazy guitar-throwing, drum-kicking meltdown which is caught on tape, telling Chris... His actions were pretty uncalled for, inexcusable, immature, and an embarrassment to both bands and fans alike. Ooh, scathing. <laughs> Felicetti admits he was having an off night, but calls Rose outburst tantamount to that of an 11-year-old unable to obtain tickets to a One Direction concert. <laughs> That's amazing. Damn, you gotta give it up for Oscar Wilde wordplay like this, man. This is gold. He also says Rose video apology to fans in which he accuses Felicetti of overboozing is all lies. Felicetti tells us no one in the band, including himself, had a drinking problem, and it was never discussed until Chris tried making the old rock and roll excuse for throwing a drum set at another human being, namely me. He adds, never have I felt more violated or betrayed by someone I once called a friend. Damn. First, it was funny. Now it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> I like the better than I was just making fun of the Honda Civic Tour, and there's more bands in here who I don't even want to get into. But how do you, the Atari, like the Ataris? The Ataris. To be fair, it's got to be somewhat disheartening to have like your main like claim to fame be this like shitty Brian Adams cover or whatever. Um, first off, it's Don Henley. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Sorry. No, it is a shitty cover, though. I'm sorry. I'm still cracking up with the fact that they felt the need to replace Deadhead sticker with Black Flag. And I'm like, I don't think anyone would ever have a Black Flag sticker on their car. But Adrian, that makes it cool. That makes it cool and with it. And it speaks to the young people. Come on. Yeah, but I can't tell you how many kids in my class, when they sing a song, they, they would honestly stop and ask, who's Black Flag? Well, I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> I don't know. At some point, I feel like Henry Rollins was kind of like, you got it all wrong, Chris. <laughs> I wonder if he knows. Like, I'm, Do you think he doesn't know? I know? Well, I mean, I'm sure he knows. I'm sure someone knows because, like, they're probably getting some sort of royalty for it. But I just wonder if he knows, like, if you asked him what his reaction would be. I feel like that would be very interesting. I don't know. I feel like if I ever met Henry Rollins, like, there's, like, a list of questions that I want to ask him. And there's a list I don't want to ask him. <laughs> Oh, man. So I guess we should probably talk some more hockey. I completely derailed the show with, like, bad Honda Civic discussions. No, that's perfectly fine. This was a fun trip down memory lane. I was going to say, there's more bands on his list, but I don't know if you want to keep going. I looked at the end of the list. I don't know who most of these people are. Well, okay, there's Hot Water Music. There's Thrice I Know. Wow, American Hi-Fi? Yeah, that one album with Flavor of the Week on it, 
I liked that a lot. That's still dope. <laughs> the Pussycat Dolls. Who the hell is Tony Luca? Yeah, see, this is where I was like, I don't recognize any of these. Okay, the movie life, I know. No Motive. I remember No Motive. I think they were on Vagrant. Fair enough. Which, as I found out on another podcast, Janet Jackson's on Vagrant. Say what? Yeah. I don't know if she is still, but at least up until like a year ago, Janet Jackson was on Vagrant Records. That's hilarious. Who the hell is Flipside? Oh, here we go. Mixing together rap, rock, political awareness, and introspection. This Bay Area group utilized their diverse backgrounds to create ambitious revolutionary music. I hate when bands spell shit wrong like that. Just yeah. Just use an I. Flipside? You don't, that's not necessary. <laughs> I, I feel, though, like that's a band or like, all right, our first song is actually the formula how to cure cancer. But then like they'd start and everybody would just leave. Like they would just let millions of people die. <laughs> just to not have to hear the music anymore. It's like, but wait, guys, we have this great formula on how we can all, you know, solve the world crisis, like, you know, world peace and hunger, like all that stuff. Guys, don't leave. Oh, crap. Nope. <laughs> it's like, we're not doing it. Your music sucks and your band's name is worse. I actually am kind of curious because there's a lot of bands from the Bay Area that are really good. And you think they're just one of the ones that slipped through the cracks? I don't know. Maybe. See, now I can't even think what bands are from the Bay Area. Uh, The Matches. They're from the Bay Area? The Matches, yeah. The show that you're going to, that's what, uh, was it Decomposer? Yes. So last year was the 10th anniversary of their first album, and they did like four tour dates for that one. They were in the Bay Area, and they did a couple in New York, I think one in Chicago. And it was just one of those where, like, I live in Florida. In order to do it, it would be a lot of work. So I let it go, and I'm like, well, hopefully they'll do something for Decomposer, because Decomposer has always been my favorite. And then they did, and I'm like, well, I need to make this happen. So, yep, road trip into Chicago. Oh, shoot, then what's the album I know of, then? Because it's not Decomposer. They've got four. They've got Yvonne Dahl, Kill the Locals, which is the first one, um, Decomposer, and then Abandoned Hope which came out in 08, I believe. And then they've got a fourth album, which is Untitled. Yvonne Dahl Killed the Locals, that's them also? Yes, that's the first one. Okay, I remember now, and of course, how 2004 is this memory? Um, Audio Blood was on the soundtrack to, um, what the hell is the name of that game? Uh, Burnout 3, I yes. think it was? That was the one that had like all like the scene bands on it? Yeah. I found the matches through... My friend for her 17th birthday got serious radio put in her car and we were listening to like all the little pop punk channels and they were on there. And I'm like, this song is amazing. It was dog ear page. I'm like, this song is amazing. I need more of this immediately. So we like drove to Best Buy and bought the album. It was so <laughs> incredibly high school. Oh, shit. I don't know nearly as many matches songs that I thought I did. Uh Oh, <laughs> it's all right. We can still be friends. It's you know what it was? I know Audio Blood and like I knew a few other ones off that first album because again, 2004 was a good year that way. But yes. a lot of songs I thought was there, it turns out it was actually Maxine. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Because I was going to say, it's like, oh man, that one song, Strangers, and like take the weight off. I'm like, wait, those are Maxine's songs. Oh no. <laughs> like, I don't know anything about this band. Ashley, don't leave me. <laughs> wow. So what else do I not know? I don't know if I can help you with that. That's kind of a vague question. Because all these years, I thought I knew all these matches songs and I wanted to find <laughs> out. Like, I don't recognize a lot of these songs on the track list, like a decomposer. And I, clearly it was a popular album because, I mean, they're doing a whole tour based on it. It's a really good album. You should check it out. 
they basically had a bunch of different producers come in and produce a song. Like, I think Mark from Blink-182 did one. Um, one of the guys from 311 produced a song. So the album itself is kind of disjointed, but not in an obnoxious way, where everything kind of sounds really different because they've had all these different influences. It's really, it's a cool idea. I really like it. What Katie said, why does that sound familiar? Do I know that song? Probably. If I played it like on the show, will I get sued? I don't think so. All right, because I think we had done this once before, but well, I know litigation likes to rear its ugly head when you're... <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to pull this out, because for some reason I feel like I know what Katie said, which was also produced by Mark Hopp. Is... Okay, I don't recognize this, but I think I like this already. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Like, I figured if I play like a couple of seconds, no one can get after me. There you go. You'll be fine. How did I miss the matches? <laughs> Which is why I was so excited when they when they started doing that like whole like chic 10 year anniversary thing that everybody else has been doing. But there are some bands where I'm like, this is not necessary. So who would that be? Uh, Reliant K. Wait, are they doing... Don't Please don't tell me they're not doing one for... Um, mm-hmm. You were the one that told me that they were doing a 10th year anniversary thing. Was I? Yeah, this was a while ago, to be fair. Actually, I don't know if you noticed that, but I drink too much. <laughs> I, I've killed my memory. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. <laughs> or the worst of us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I do remember they're doing it. Oh, no. Why are they doing that? Because it's cool and they need money. I know, but it was just, I remember when they came out, and uh, I should have known they were a Christian band, because that's actually how I found out about them. Because um, we had, like, a local station, kind of like a PBS-type thing, where they'd have, like, I think it was a Friday or Saturday nights, because one didn't have friends. Um, <laughs> they, <laughs> they used to always play, like, and I didn't put two or two together, but they used to play Christian rock bands. And I downloaded a bunch of those songs from, like, that block of music, and then I'm like, wait a minute, there's something weird here. I sense an overarching theme. It's like, there's something here that they're not telling me. Like, they don't sound negative, but not overly positive. <laughs> Until I went to download a bunch of songs, and there was one just, I think, had Jesus in the title. I was like, oh, they're a Christian band. Why didn't somebody tell me this? And then I think whatever album was after that, it's like immediately after they got popular, it's like, oh, wow, they really dropped that quick. <laughs> guys, 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 we're on the Billboard charts. Like, they quite literally threw all their crosses and Bibles out. <laughs> Like, we ought to do this anymore. We can be cool, too! <laughs> yeah, but then there were other bands that got, um, almost got thrown into that, like Thrice, which I remember very vividly, like, they were this close to end up being a Christian band, but that's only because, well, Dustin's one. And, like, I mean, I get it, like, clearly there's a lot of spirituality, like, thrown into, like, their lyrics, but I don't think they were, like, necessarily, like, aggressively a Christian band. No. Oh, I remember why that night was so funny. Uh, the Thermals. Um, what the hell was the name of the one song? Um, Pillar of Salt from the Body of Blood and the Machine. Yeah. That song got played on that same station. <laughs> and whoever was the programmer is like, I don't think they knew what they were doing when they did that. Like, you have you guys listened to this album? They were just like, oh, Pillars of Salt. Oh, that's a Bible reference. Just throw it in there. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I can. Oh, I do remember. Oh, even funnier. I remember somebody. Um, I used to work at a music store for like maybe a year and a half maybe no i'm sorry it's like more like half a year 
But um, shortly after all, like, my best friends and, like, all of other managers left the store, I was one of, like, I guess the few of that group that were still there. And that album had come out because I think that was, I want to say, fall of 2006, maybe 2007. I can't remember when that freaking album came out. But anyway, someone had bought it and, like, they thought, like, it was, like, a Christian album. I'm like, uh, sir, like, I told him, like, uh, no, quite the opposite. <laughs> this is very, like, anti, like, you know, conservatism. Like, because, of course, it was, like, during, like, the height of the Bush years and it was just, and it's like, oh, look, but there's, like, a Jesus is on a cover. I was like, yeah, but that's not, no, don't do it. It's not the Jesus you think it is. Right. The only way that would have been funnier if he picked up what was the um oh shoot what was the one album uh Neon Bible by what the fuck's the name of that band? Oh, the real pretentious one that nobody likes that everybody loves at the same time. Arcade Fire. Arcade Fire. Yes, thank you. There's an album that Arcade Fire does that I actually really like, but other than that, yeah, they're one of those bands that like hipsters say they enjoy, but it's like a bowl of Wheaties. It's good for you, but it's painful. <laughs> Today's episode audio Wheaties. <laughs> there's your episode title there there's the episode title audio weedies <laughs> oh man well ash it's been so great for you to come back on the show definitely thank you for having me i know and i know we came on and you had sent me like this great email of all these awesome topics and like we covered none of it every time i've come on the show that seems to happen which is fine i don't mind it at all I just think it's funny. Well, considering the last time you came on, we were talking a little bit of hockey, but then we started talking about Power Rangers who killed people. <laughs> Which, so I tend to like binge with podcasts. Like I'll let my, like the shows that I listen to, I let them kind of build up and listen to them all at once. Okay. And listening to yours all kind of built up at once. You reference that episode a lot. Because it's so much fucking fun. I know. And it made me super happy. I don't know if you saw, which I know you um, had something you wanted to say before, but screw it. This is my show. Fine. The guests don't have say here. I'm stop. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a fun episode. And again, I've kind of realized those seem to be like some of the most fun I have on the show is just kind of just getting into random <laughs> shit. Letting, letting the show go off the rails. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? I'm like Amtrak. We never stay on track. <laughs> oh. Oh. Now you're getting sued. <laughs> now I'm getting sued. There it is. That's Reliant K didn't do it. Henry Rollins didn't do it. Playing the matches won't do it. But that will. <laughs> you have anything to plug or if you want to be hit you up online or some sweet hockey tweets and whatnot? Well, if you want to talk to me about hockey, the best place to do it is Twitter. I am at Iceberg74. Also, if you are into geeky craft things, look me up on Instagram, the Indigo Owl Accessories. We actually applied to have a booth at Tampa Bay Comic Con, which if we get in, I'm going to be over the moon excited. Awesome. Yeah. So hopefully, fingers crossed. So wait, when is Tampa Comic Con? August, I believe. Very dope. We are also on Etsy, uh, Indigo Owl Accessories, and I think that's it. <laughs> those are the places with which you can find me online. There you go. And no stalking. <laughs> well, I mean, you can stalk. I mean, if you're cool like me, you know how to stalk properly, but don't right. be weird about it. No, I'm friendly enough-ish. Well, no, you're friendly, but I'm not. <laughs> you're nice to me. That's all that matters. Aw. <laughs> Oh, that'll do it for another weird as shit episode of Adrian Has Issues. We'll see you next issue.
Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm His Issues. Wait, what? Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm... Wait, wait, that's not right. Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm Eileen. Tune in to the Adrian Has Issues podcast. Each week we chat with some great people. Including me from time to time. Comic book creators, comedians. Musicians and actors. Tax collectors, Zamboni drivers. (sighs) Point is, basically anyone willing to sit down for a geeky discussion or two on all things pop culture. Visit AdrianHasIssues.com where you can download and stream every episode. Especially the ones featuring yours truly. Visit Adrian Has Issues on Facebook and Twitter. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Please leave a rating and review and tell me how amazing I am. Us. I mean us. Ah, oh, McKenna, you're way cooler than I am anyway. Aw, oh, thanks, babe. Oh, and Adrian Has Issues is also a proud member of the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Awesome. Nice save, Brodor. <sighs> Visit AdrianHasIssues.com. <laughs>